I had doubt for years. Um, you know, doing videography work, I traveled with some, you know, top, you know, entrepreneurs in San Diego. And for years, they've been telling me, you know, you're going to have to jump off that cliff one day. You got to just leave everything behind and take that risk. But I was like, no, that's too scary. <laughs> you know, I've always had a corporate job. Like, I always had a check knowing I got a check coming every two weeks. You know, I always had insurance, you know, and that's scary. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm built for that. I don't know if I'm, you know, ready to take on something like that. And I think just the universe connecting all these pieces together with, you know, the, the cafe. I mean, it's below my house. Like, you know, it's below where I live. Like, you know, if that's not the universe speaking to you, what else is speaking to you? I think all those things combined left me with a no choice. If there's a time you're going to jump, jump now. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess, your host, and along with my co-host BJ, we are on a mission to create a better world. We are waking up and shaking up the world of endurance sports by bringing you guys out-of-the-box guests every week. People who are making lifestyle changes, taking huge risk, and feeling the fruits of their efforts. Today we've got Todd Anderson, aka Turnip Vegan, with us, co-founder of Spoiled Vegans Cafe. Yes, yes. All right. Content creator and vegan foodie. This guy is always making my mouth water with his videos. <laughs> and we're psyched to be sitting down with the esteemed Turnip Vegan. Todd, welcome to the show. We're psyched to be here with you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And like I mentioned uh, when we first sat down, it's kind of strange being on this side. You know, I'm a videographer by nature. And so I film tons of, tons of you know, podcasts. And so yeah, it feels a little a little different to be here, but I'm excited to be here and thank you for, you know, choosing me to come for your next podcast. Just sit back and relax. We're going to go for a little ride. Let's go. You know, we're all about the up level. We're all about living at higher states of consciousness and awareness, uh, which is so tied into, you know, the vegan movement. But I caught wind in one of your videos about the meaning behind Turnip Vegan. And so will you share that with us? Yeah, it's, you know... Um, I went vegan almost three years ago. So this November will be three years for me. And uh, when I first went vegan, it was like, all right, cool. I had so many people asking questions about what did we eat? You know, what's the lifestyle like? And, you know, coming from my, my point of view, I feel like I could bring a little different twist to veganism where, you know, some people that may not had interest or felt like they couldn't connect with veganism, maybe I could help bridge that, that connection. And so um, I try to be hip. And <laughs> I think you're doing a yeah, pretty good job. I try to be a little hip and turn up <laughs> is like it, at that time, like there were some songs that were like turn up for what and all these cool little songs, whatever. And so I was like, what if I twist that a little bit and use turn up more T-U-R-N-I-P, you know, to represent the plant based lifestyle, but also to kind of use that as a double sword to, you know, say, hey, you could turn up with your health. You could turn up with your knowledge, turn up in all the things that you're excited about in life. And so. Um, that's how it was kind of born and you know I didn't think too much of it when it happened and you know six months down the line I'm like that was a pretty cool name I, I gotta say that was, a, that was a pretty cool name on the fly. Does it keep you accountable? <laughs> it always keeps me accountable um, you know going vegan like was something different for me because like I, I feel like I tried a lot of things in my life and I never stuck to them you know we got these diets that we do and all these fast things that come up that we try and then move on to the next and so Turnip Vegan kept me grounded because I, I decided from the day I went vegan that I would never cheat. And so the day I went vegan, I never purposely, 
you know, ate any, you know, plant, anything besides plants. And so it, it did keep me accountable and, and um, just always kept it in the forefront of what I, what I represent and what I stand for. So tell us the story about what, what life, let's talk, let's talk about what life looked like prior to turning <laughs> vegan. What, what was life like there? So, um, you're like laughing at it, right? Like it's, it was a joke. Yeah, I, I, most of my friends look at me now, they're like, what happened to you? You know, but I'm, I look back at them like, what has not happened to you? You know, and so, um, before I went vegan, I always been an athlete. I played basketball. Um, but I was very out, you know, going, still outgoing, but I partied a lot, you know, and so long story short, I went with some friends to Vegas for, for a weekend and we just had a long weekend of just having a good time, good fun. And I, there was something inside of me already like kind of starting to grow and I just didn't know what it was. And so we get back home from this crazy weekend and I don't feel good. I had a hangover the next day and then I had a hangover the next day. And then the third day, I still was kind of barely getting out of this hangover. And so I knew something was changing in my body. And, of course, I'm getting older. Um, you know, all the abuse I've done to my body over the years, like I said, okay, let me, let me just research something and see what I could do to try to be better and, and healthier. So I look up documentaries on Netflix, the typical story, but I was not looking for veganism. I was just looking for a healthier way of eating, and I found food choices. It sounds very directed towards food and not veganism and so i start this documentary and just don't make no connection and then there was one line where they said that hey we're the only species that drink milk from another species and it was like boom like this big weight just dropped in my mind and i was just like okay this is weird this is strange like how i never seen this before in my life like how did i miss this and so that led me towards that was the door and the connection that opened up veganism for me and so it's uh, interesting when I meet people and I interview people, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that moment. I'm looking for that connection that you had because that was what it was for me. And so anytime that you reach into that connection, it reminds me of why I went vegan. And so that was it. It opened up the door and I didn't necessarily go vegan for animals nor other, any other reason but bettering myself. And that just started this snowball effect of just you know, looking more into veganism and, and now I'm the person I am and I'm more passionate towards, compassionate towards animals, more compassionate towards people. I think what really kept me vegan because the, the initial, you know, part of it was, you know, feeling good and, you know, it changed my body and everything. And six months down the line, I'm like, you know, I think I really went vegan because I hate being lied to. And I start seeing all these lies that was, you know, conditioned to me and, you know, my family and, and all of us. And so, yeah, I'm sorry I didn't mean to drag on too much, but, um, no, but yeah. A, yeah, just it, it's great how the story, because you're, you're speaking it out, like mm -hmm. it, you're feeling into it. And what I see there was you took ownership of your health. Like yes. you were like enough of this misinformation. Yes. And we're just fed this information because it's safe. And, uh, and we need to sift through some of that, that stuff right um how long did it take you to feel good when you when you saw that documentary then you started to eat like when did you start to feel good coming off a three-day well, hangover well i would say right away so i always worked out like i can't think of a time in my life i haven't worked out i play college basketball and i think that just conditioned me to always want to work out but there was a layer of fat that i could not shake on on my my stomach and like with a week or so, it like started going down. And I think that was like the initial just like, you know, high, just like, wow, <laughs> you know, I'm actually losing some fat that I couldn't lose. And so that happened. And, 
you know, I was working for Grand Canyon University at the time, uh, admissions counselor where I recruited from Chula Vista, but I would fly the students to Phoenix, and so I was always on the road. And so um, it was very challenging at that point, um, going vegan and not understanding what to eat and then being on the road. And so, um, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, feeling better, but at the same time, just it was a challenge for me to learn how to eat differently. And I think that made me feel good inside because I was like, all right, I, I'm challenging everything I've ever done in my life. We've been eating, you know, I've been eating a certain way since birth. I come from Chicago. Like we like lived on farms and, you know, suburbs of Chicago where there was farms and like we would, you know, have pigs and all that stuff on, you know, my family's, uh, you know, uh, farm. And so, yeah, it just like, it really just challenged me and it felt good knowing that I could change one thing about my life that I'd done forever and I could change everything else. And so. It, no. it really challenged your identity. It who did. you thought you you were. Of course. So that's so for our listeners who are looking to transition like that, it's almost like an it's you can almost look at it as as an attack on on yourself mm-hmm. and your identity. And you can either do what you did and embrace it and get curious about it, or you can see it as painful and fear because you don't know who you right. are. Did this open up something even bigger, like bigger inside of, of who you truly are? Yeah, it's just, you know, I was, I, I look back at myself and I'm not ashamed, but seeing who I was before and who I am today, like I just, it just brings joy to me. Like I was so pulled into material things, shoes, Jordans, you know, coming from Chicago, like we used to spend, you know, I didn't have money, but I would spend what I did have on shoes. And like, it was all these material things that really defined me at that time. And when I went vegan, I was like, okay, I can't buy no more leather shoes. I can't buy no more of these things. And so it slowly just freed me from like these things that held me down. And and now I like I I, I live this life where, you know, we'll get I know we're getting to the cafe, but having you know to be able to supply food and it's a different joy now. You know, it's it, I get you know fueled by other things that are not material. So. You've talked about this freedom before, like how this change has given you freedom. And it's like it's given you freedom from this attachment to material things. Where else have you felt freedom in your life? Because, I mean, this is crazy. Like you change the way you eat, Mm -hmm. which is basically all you're doing is you're still eating food. It's Mm -hmm. nothing special about vegan food, except for that it's amazing. But it's still food, right? It's food that's available. And it's it's giving you freedom. Correct. So Um, where else have you felt that freedom in your life? Well, I feel like all of us, like we always, you know, look at ourselves in the mirror and we want to be someone that we're maybe not, you know, and I just get this freedom of just being okay, being myself and this freedom of not having to stress over this diet. Like I, you know, was conditioned from playing basketball. Coaches would, you know, give us whey protein from 16 years old. I've been drinking whey protein up until three years ago. And I only drank it because I felt like I needed this protein in order to maintain the size. And so it was not, nothing more than just, I, didn't, I don't care about the taste, I don't care about anything else, but I just wanted to keep the size. And, and so now I know I don't need that whey protein. You know, I take pea protein, but sometimes I don't even take no protein. You know, it's just freed me up from having to eat a certain way or, or live a certain way just to be who I am. Did you, so you're on this path of, of fueled by plants. Yes. Did you... What does the family think? What is, what is your what is your close community think? Was there resistance? Of course. Uh, 
I, I chose to go vegan during the worst time of year, November. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Oh <my> God. <laughs> the worst time of year. And then December's right around the corner. But when I decided, I didn't think about none of that. And then, you know, Thanksgiving comes and I, I go to my family's house. And I already know that there's nothing going to, nothing there that I will be able to eat. Rice has, you know, animal products. Our beans has bacon in it. Greens that my family make. All the soul food that we make none of it is anything that I could eat personally. And so um, it was very challenging going to my parents' house and them looking at me different and thinking that, you know, I know they probably have feelings of, you know, is he brainwashed? Is he, you know, join a cult? You know? <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, why all of a sudden you stop eating the things that we raised you on and what defines your culture? Um, and so that first Thanksgiving, I cooked uh, some vegan food and took it over you know, to my parents' house, and they all smiled and, you know, made me feel good about it. They tried some of it, but I could tell they really didn't, you know, eat too much of it. And I found out a couple years later, they hated the food. You know, <laughs> they didn't tell me right then, so they were, they were very sweet and kind to me not to, not to hurt my feelings during that time. But um, I'm still working on them. Like, we, we, we started doing a cafe um, two months ago, and my mom came in. She's been in three times since. And um, she comes in and tries our omelet and loves the omelet, goes on Facebook and start posting, sharing with the rest of my family. And so they all see it and they slowly start coming in one by one. And before I went vegan, which was interesting, is five years ago, I was dating someone, almost six years ago, I was dating someone that tried to go vegan. Like she, you know, started to cook vegan food. I would come home and I'd be like, what is, what are you making? Like, what is this? You know, but then I didn't want to hurt her feelings, so I tried the food, and I was like, you know what, this is actually, you know, this is good. I could do this, and that was planting the seed for me. And so three years later, or two years later, when I decided to do it, that seed was planted, so I knew I could do it because I tried it before. And so that's all I try to do with my family and friends is plant that seed, and, you know, when their time comes, maybe that'll be the same you know, motivation or, or, you know, help them realize that they can do it too. And so, yeah, my family still not vegan. I have a son that's 18 years old. I can, I'm still can't get him on board. He tries the food, he likes it, but, you know, I just feel like I'm planting these seeds. One day they will blossom. We're all on our own path, right? And so he he will eventually yeah. get to it and he will own it. When, it when it comes to it, he'll own it. And I, I, it's such a struggle. I, I just came back from seeing my family and you know there's no changes mm -hmm. and i was that person at first that was like no you gotta buy like you gotta get this stuff like yeah. this is the and and it became like almost like a battle right but when i began to just let go i revisited i think a little while afterwards and they were at least they were buying cage-free eggs mm -hmm. and they were buying uh, more salad so they were making yeah. conscious efforts but i feel like we can put our agenda on people. So I think your son will eventually just yeah. continue to do what you do. Um, I want to talk about the, the basketball, though. Like, So you're in a college program. Yes. The food there, do you, do you recall the food and, and what, was, what, was, um, like what was the setup? Because I, I assume right now you would definitely eat differently. Of course. Than what was in the college program. Of course. Um, you know... <laughs> or what was the nutrition for, for college athletes? It, you know, looking back on it, I could have probably been a way better player if I wasn't eating Taco Bell and and you know Jack in the Box and these type of things. Like we really didn't like our coaches in, in school really didn't enforce or incorporate any nutrition nutritional value to us 
besides the protein shake. So all they would give us is a protein shake after practice with creatine in it. And that was the only nutrition that they ever ever given us. And I think that was more just so we can be a better athlete. And I think they were miss, you know, um, they had a misunderstanding of what nutrition is as, as well. Um, but that was the first time I had it. And so I'm getting, you know, we're getting done with practice, these hard workouts, and our coaches embedded in us, we have to have protein 30 minutes after working out. And so we'll come into the, the locker rooms and <laughs> I didn't see fights break out over who's gonna get the most protein shake, you know. <laughs> this is a true story. Like I've seen some of the, you know, some of the craziest things over protein <laughs> shakes, and and so this is embedded in my head. So I'm when I get, you know, out of college, like I continue the same pattern of buying so much protein, expensive protein, and now look at some of these things and some of the ingredients and some of the, you know, well, how, how much was I really damaging myself than really helping? And so um, college, I'm more. I'm happy to see that this generation, my niece plays um, in San Diego. She's real good in basketball. And her coach is vegan, you know, and, and she went vegan. And so out of all my family, my niece is the only one that went vegan. Um, she's actually in town visiting right now. We took her around yesterday for a few places to try vegan food. And she she's actually moved to Tennessee uh, at the beginning of this year to play with this, you know, this real good basketball team that should help her get to a higher level. Um, but yeah, she came and told me yesterday that her coach was vegan. I was like, how do you, the rest of your players do they? Oh, they make fun of the coach. And I'm, you know, but me knowing that that's the beginning, like having someone that is a coach that is on that level, that is vegan, maybe they don't hear you now, but they will hear you at one point. So I'm very proud of this next generation that's coming up and I do know we're making an impact. Yeah, I think they have a um, really acute bullshit meter. Yes. They really, really do. And yes. they're curious. And mm -hmm. curiosity is really a, a muscle we want to we wanna keep going, you know, like push the boundaries. Yes. Be curious about everything, about the words you use, the thoughts you indulge, the mm -hmm. food that you eat, all of that stuff. So you had mentioned like, you know, you felt like you had been lied to. Yes. Right. And, and totally been there. Totally been there. Um, I had a very similar aha moment as you. Uh, and I believe it was Gene Bauer, who is the uh, co-founder of Farm Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And I heard him say that we are the only species to drink another species secretion. Mm. And I mm. almost threw up. Mm. And I thought that is if, so disgusting. If that don't encourage you to go vegan, what does? You that, know? <laughs> I was like horrified. And I was a yeah. huge cheese addict. I'm eating secretion. Like what? Oh, my gosh. So anyway... What do you think is the biggest lie out there? What do you think is the biggest perpetuated just falsity of, you know, misinformation that people are literally eating up every day? Well, there's so many. Um, the one that really connected with me was the Got Milk commercials. Because I remember being a young kid and seeing these commercials and then we'll go to school. I was always on free lunch. And so we had options for, you know, chocolate milk or regular milk. And I, was, I used to load up. You know, anybody that didn't want their milk, I'm sorry, I need my, you know, I need my milk, got milk, I need calcium, I need all these different reasons. That was the the first one that hit me. Um, I saw something on YouTube on how, you know, the government was funding some of these commercials and um, it's business first before health. And that that really fueled me. I was very upset about that because I I feel like I grew up as a person that, yeah, I grew up in these certain areas where, you know, it's tough to get out of or, you know, areas where, you know, healthy, you know, nutritional ways are just not heard of. And so I know I come from this area, but I've always been the type of person that, like, I want to grow or 
I always wanted to do the right thing. And so if you tell me something and scientist says this is the right thing to do, then I would follow it. And that's just who, who I am. You know, I've always been that type of person. And that hurt me. You know, that hurt me a lot knowing that, okay, you followed and you tried to do what society says is right. And a lot of it was wrong. And so I think that was like the biggest thing to me. And then following that was the, you know, the protein, just how much, you know, to be a person or, you know, be an athlete or be, you know, gain muscle that I needed to take in all this protein. And, and so I'd say those were the first two real big lies that started. And then I started looking into more like, all right, why does a salad, why a salad cost more than this burger I can get from McDonald's for a dollar? I can go get a combo for three dollars and I can't get a salad for, you know, for 10 bucks. <laughs> you know, and just those manipulating things just really threw me off. And I, that was what kept me vegan and I would never go back. And I, I meet a lot of people that, you know, went vegan for two, three years and then, you know, went back and I, they was, hey man, I went vegan for two years, it was cool. It was cool. What happened? Like, what was your reason why you went vegan? Like, obviously it wasn't strong enough or you, you didn't believe in what really, you know, pushed you that direction. So yeah, those lies are just what really, you know, motivates me and still motivates me to this day. Dr. Will Tuttle has a beautiful book called The World Peace Diet. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but uh -huh. BJ and I had the honor of listening to him talk uh, one year up in Ithaca, New York. And he's talking about when you realize, like when you get, when you pull the blinds up mm -hmm. and you realize like getting calcium from milk is pretty much the worst thing that I can do, that it doesn't help my bones at all. Mm -hmm. as, as a matter of fact, there's plenty of scientific research around the fact that it weakens your bones. And he says, you know, so we're all going to get to this point where we're angry and we're pissed, you know, about at ourselves for mm -hmm. what we've done and for the information that we've bought into. And he's like, and all I can say is just like, you're not alone. Right. We've all been there. We all did what we thought was was right. Mm -hmm. We all did what we thought was right for our health and for the planet and for the animals. And we're so shielded from the truth. But I feel like once you turn that light on, you can't turn that light off. I can't impossible to turn it off and you know as time you know moves forward like I one thing I told myself is I always have to kind of keep the mentality or not keep the mentality but remember where I was before because if you would approach me on veganism four or five years ago I may have laughed at who I am today like I may have like took a, a joke towards who I am and that's because I just was in denial and I was just in a different state and it wasn't my time to connect. And so I always try to keep that mindset I have so I don't push anyone away from that day when they make that connection. Understanding that people have different timing and this is like we you eating this way your entire life. If anything that you're going to change and the hardest thing you're going to change, this is it. You know, and so, yeah, I just try to keep that, that mentality that I had or that, that, that mindset where I was at. Because it's, it's, it's not just a diet change. It really is a lifestyle change. It will, you know, people will fall mm -hmm. away from your life because of it. And in that Food Choices movie, the gentleman who's kind of like, oh, I got curious, you know, and yes. I wanted to go out and find out what was going on. And he talks about after so many years of a yo-yo diet, he's like, I decided to change my lifestyle mm -hmm. and start incorporating more plants. And it's really interesting how he kind of separates dieting from incorporating more plants as a lifestyle change. Yes. And it really is. It's a complete lifestyle change because it's a life that lives against the grain mm -hmm. of what is the norm. 
And I'd like to think that it's shifting. And I do think that these younger generations that are coming in, I mean, we know so many people who are plant-based who are now about to give birth to plant-based yes, babies, yes, you know? Yes. And it's just, it's so, it's so beautiful. And I, I really do believe, we have to believe. I really think we have to believe that the tides are turning. Did you feel any emotional shifting from removing the animals from your I mean I, I'm, I'm thinking about this freedom thing right mm -hmm. and when we're eating the flesh of animals that are not free right they're not free I, I don't care if it's free range the end result is still the same yes um that there's fear that there's anxiety mm -hmm. and did you feel any of those um kind of benefits of moving away from ingesting that type of stuff because when you think about it what we put in us it becomes us yes well you know, I've never been a very depressed person or a person that, you know, very emotional. Like, I feel like I always was balanced with my emotions. Um, so I, I don't know if I really felt the difference, but it did help me understand a lot of simple stuff. Um, like when we're in flight mode, like we release these endorphins and what makes animals different, you know? And so I've really just understood the concept of like, all right, so what you're putting into your body is what you put out. And so if I'm putting something in my body that went through a lot of fear and has all these chemicals and things running through their body and I'm taking it in, is that coming out in a certain way too? So I did understand, I started to, to understand that basic concept without being a scientist, you know? Um, and also just knowing that, for example, for, I have a lot of friends that do yoga a lot of friends and um i'm actually gonna do my first class this monday coming up well this is a good precursor being on the yogi triathlete podcast amen to that it's in your awareness dude <laughs> it Roll is. Out the mat. and it's something i've been putting off for about a year and not because um i don't want to do it um just you know i feel like it's one of those things once you do it one time you're gonna be addicted but one thing i couldn't understand because my i have family members that are into yoga real big but they eat meat and i'm like okay so yoga is very spiritual um, I don't understand that concept of, you know, being into yoga, but then putting things into my body that could go against me having a free spirit. As I get into yoga, I think it's the best time for me to do it, knowing that I am eating different and not having that type of concept going on, too. So, Yeah, it's the ahimsa. So no harm, no harm to anything. And so, mm -hmm. so going to a yoga class puts you in a, uh, a room and it's okay to do yoga in there, right? And then they can leave and go back to real life. Yes. But what we really like to focus on is like we're doing yoga right every second of the day. Mm -hmm. Like we're living this this passion, this calmness, this awareness and bridging that gap between the yoga studio and taking I know it's cliché, taking the yoga practice off the mat yeah. into into life. And we like to talk in our yoga classes because we're both teachers, you know, you, you put you in a warrior two pose and this is great and mm -hmm. it looks really good. But when shit gets real outside, are you going to bust out a yoga pose or are you going to come back to your breath and calmness and clarity of your mind yes. to be able to be, uh, see that outside perspective. And I think that's what really takes the yoga to a new, new level. But I can feel you like I'm an, being an athlete, like I play basketball, soccer, all this stuff. The physical movement in yoga connected with the breath and consciousness and calmness mm -hmm. and clarity of the mind is like extremely powerful. So you are going to get addicted. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, 
I just told my uh, my girlfriend yesterday because we skipped out of the last two classes. I said, I don't care what happens this Monday. We're going to be in yoga. Um, it's funny too. Like uh, last week, I got reached out to a good friend of mine. Uh, hey, you want to model for, for? And he does a lot of videography for me. So I'm like, cool, I'll do it. And I get there, and it's this yoga shoot. <laughs> The signs, uh, the signs. Right. And so I got a free pair of my first yoga pants for doing the shoot. Uh, but I just walked in. I felt out of place a little bit just because I'd never done yoga before. But before I left, I kind of picked up a few moves. And I'm just like, the universe is just talking to me in so many ways. I think it's time, you know. Dude, you're a yoga model. Hey. I'm, you need to learn the poses. Hey, if the universe <laughs> said that's what I'm going to be, that's what I'm going to be. Let's go. <laughs> So talking about the universe and how it lines things up yes. for us, tell us how you, I mean, did you ever think that you were going to be owning a cafe, like a vegan cafe? Think no. like 20 years ago. No, not at all. I have a bachelor's degree in computer science. I have a master's degree in health information technology. Um, I've done music my whole life. Um, so I'm very good with like Pro Tools editing. And so that kind of carried over to me doing videography. Um, I quit my job as a counselor June 1st. The cons of this year? Of this year. Um, and wonderful job. Like, I feel like I was given back in a certain way, but not the way that I want to. No, like, the concept of the cafe came up in February, March this year, and it was just kind of a seed planted. So I had a, a clothing company called Spoiled Vegans. Uh, we had it for about a year and a half. We did a lot of traveling, a lot of video uh, work. So we went to Costa Rica, Hong Kong, Brazil. And so this was a like good experience. I, veganism actually opened this door up for me to do all this traveling and push me to like, you know, push myself. Like I jumped off a 160 foot cliff, like things I would have never done before going vegan, like pushed me to do these other things. And so where was I at with the, I kind of fell back on, but. I'm kind of stuck on the 160 yeah. foot yeah. cliff. <laughs> like we're, we're talking about the cafe, but let's talk yeah, about I the cliff because bit, that is right. such a metaphor for life. Yeah. When did you get an opportunity to we jump off a cliff? We went to Costa Rica last May and it was, it was cool. This documentary I filmed, I never put out. Uh, it was four vegans and three non-vegans and I wanted to put them all together and see what happens. And so I have this full documentary I, I filmed, but we never put it out. I just, put like like clips and things out here and there so we get there and i was like i want to do some things i would never do I want, i'm not gonna skydive though but I'm, <laughs> that's a little too far but uh there's a 160 foot cliff that they had um and one of the you know attractions and and so it's a waterfall that you i think it's called capel where you capel down or oh yeah like rappel down rappel yeah. down i'm sorry um and so we get there and i'm like let's do it let's do it and i'm just pumping myself up i got this i got this i'm gonna do this and my friend gets to the edge and jumps I see him jump. I turn around like, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I can't do this. <laughs> Black people don't do this stuff right here. No, I'm kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm so kidding. But um, I was just like, I tried to bail out. You were pulling at any excuse yeah, you any had. Yeah, any excuse I had, You're I like, could Like, it's my out. heritage. Yeah, I can't do this. And they were like, no, you got to do this. There's no way going back. But anyway, I remember just grabbing a rope and just trusting life and just trusting the experience and trusting where I'm at right now. Like, I had no plans on being here. And so... Yeah, it was an incredible experience. I just let go and made it all the way to the bottom. Once I got to the bottom, I had this feeling that I never had before. It was like I challenged myself. I pushed myself. It was this endorphin running through my body that was addicting, and it kind of led on to doing some other things. But, yeah, that was, you know, if I didn't go vegan, I'm sure that would have never happened. Yeah, I had no intentions on doing a cafe, so I had a clothing company called Spoiled Vegans, Spoiled Vegans, and so I gave a few shirts to a few non-vegans. 
And they were like, hey, you know, can I wear this? Like, it says spoiled vegans on it. And I was like, oh, yeah, you can wear it. You don't have to be vegan to wear this. But I walked away from that like, hmm, is that being inclusive where, like, um, you know, giving this to them, is that pushing it? Is it pushing my values on them or making them feel uncomfortable? So um, I switched it to chickpeas and turnip, turnip vegans, switch, you know, chickpeas and turnip, just kind of play on words. Um, and that's more plant-based, more fun. And so I noticed with chickpeas and turnip, people ask me all the time, oh, what does that mean? Is it plant-based or is it vegan? And so now that's the clothing company. So I had spoiled vegans and I just put it to the side and a friend was like, hey, you should do a cafe. And I'm like, no, I'm not into, you know, the restaurant industry. I know it's tough, difficult. I got a safe job. I'm making yeah. a difference in the world. I'm doing I don't, good. I don't need to jump off. I already jumped off a cliff. Mm-hmm. So I moved downtown. I live right here in Schiff. Um, and every day we would wake up to get food or we'd be in these offices working. And we realized that, hey, we have to travel out of downtown. We have to use Grubhub or, you know, Uber Eats to get food. And I realized downtown has not one 100% vegan option and that's shocking to me especially san diego being such a strong city when it comes to veganism we have cafe gratitude which is vegetarian and we have kindred and that's it downtown so i come downstairs to a coffee shop right below us and i'm like hey i'm gonna meet with some investors i'm gonna talk about doing something i don't know what and the guy was like well you know we just had a talk the day before about adding a cafe here and i was like you know i'm vegan right (laughs) he's like yeah we're thinking vegan too and so that little conversation sparked me coming back to this office. And within two weeks, we came up with the logo, with the concept of doing waffles. We wanted something that was traditional. And you think about it, too, there's nowhere. In, there's not too many places you could find a traditional plant-based breakfast anywhere. You know, from L.A. to San Diego, that, that's all they, spe- all they specialize in. And so we came up with our concept. Um, you know, a few weeks later, we opened up and did our first pop-up. It was only going to be one here and one there. And our first weekend, their numbers went from 10 people coming in to 60 people. The next week, it went to 100 people. And from there, it was like, hey, this is something good. Let's, let's, let's pursue this full-time. And so quit my job. And, you know, three months later, we're here working on, you know, getting our own location and, you know, possibly collaborating with some other brands in San Diego to expand. Dude, the path is just being laid out for you. So amazing because you're o- you're open to it. But when you quit your job, did you? Was there any doubt there? Was there fear there? Was there any like, oh? I had doubt for years. Um, you know, doing videography work, I traveled with some you know top you know entrepreneurs in San Diego, and for years they've been telling me, you know, you're gonna have to jump off that cliff one day. You got to just leave everything behind and take that risk. But I was like, no, that's too scary. <laughs> you know, I've always had a corporate job. Like, I always had a check knowing I got a check coming every two weeks. You know, I always had insurance, you know, and that's scary. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm built for that. I don't know if I'm, you know, ready to take on something like that. And I think just the universe connecting all these pieces together with, you know, the, the cafe. I mean, it's below my house. Like, you know, it's below where I live. Like, you know, if that's not the universe speaking to you, what else is speaking to you? I think all those things combined left me with a no choice. If there's a time you're going to jump, jump now. Um, knowing veganism is, you know, on the rise. Knowing this is my passion. I know doing a cafe, I have to put in 16 hours a day sometimes, you know, and I knew that's coming. So if I'm going to do it, might as well do it for something I'm doing anyway. Like I do, I would work at the university, spend eight hours and then get off and then spend another six hours editing videos and going around the entire San Diego, L.A. and filming videos for all these brands for free 
Like I don't, char I never charge anyone. Like I, I would come in and just film like these videos that would cost five, you know, five hundred to a thousand dollars for free, and that was another thing the universe planted for me. Because when we opened a cafe, all those people supported me, and and you know we did our 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 um, our tasting. I didn't pay for no food. Everything was given to us for our tasting, you know. And so um, it was just written for me to do this, and I. Didn't want to run from it and wanted to make take on that challenge. And you know, looking back now, I'm I'm grateful I did it. Yeah, you got it. and you you never know until you until you take yes. the leap. You yes. have to take the leap. Just like, wish I did it younger. <laughs> I know, I know, but you know, it's but all yeah. of those things like there's no no effort is a waste. Yes. None. Agree. Yeah. So what would you say? What would you say to the people that? Are, you can just see that they're they're paralyzed to broaden their horizon and, and step away from mm -hmm. that nine to five. The people that you know they're parking their cars right around here, going into the office, step yes. away. Like, what would you say to them? Well, you know, actions speak loud in words, and so I feel like already what we've done. I've seen maybe three little pop-ups start up being inspired from us. You know, they may have worked with us for a couple weekends, and you know, now seeing them doing their own pop-ups, but. What I, what I see is, you know, I feel like I, I play a position that's different, and we all play different positions. From my experience, what I try to do is look to see where a person's at in their phase. Uh, one young lady, she makes some of the most delicious tacos, plant-based tacos, um, but she's right where I'm at, where I was, where she's just afraid. She's like, you know, I don't know what, where to start, how to start. And so I've just been trying to help her give her that alley-oop that someone gave me. Hey, you can use our kitchen anytime you want to. Hey, if you need our help. And so I feel like if they get all the universe keys together, then they'll feel more confident about taking the leap too. But what I would say is, you know, this, this next generation gets it a little bit more than we do because they have the tools that we didn't have. Like, you know, to start a business nowadays, like I do all my digital designs and graphics myself. There's tools out there that make it so easy where you have to pay a company to do something like that. Um, so what I would just say is, you know, if you are passionate and you're not in line with the right thing that you're doing, then what can you do to help you align it? And what can you help to do yourself? What can you do to help get there sooner than later? And so uh, me being older, I'm 43 years old, I'm very proud of my age, but I just try to get people to see that and identify a lot sooner. Where does trust come in? Trust that it's all going to be okay. Looking from my background, where I come from, like I, I have a big family, and you know most of my family are still in the same place where they were, you know, 20 years ago. I just know I'm here to help people that normally don't see someone that look like me, you know, doing something different, you know. Um, I have a couple cousins that went vegan after me, and I'm pretty sure I influenced them. And one of them is in Vegas, and she's starting like this thing in the community where they're planting, they're, they're starting a garden, a community garden. And with the food, once a month, they're doing these vegan events. And so I just think my position, and this may be off the question a little bit, is just to help others identify that you can do it coming from wherever you come from. Well, I think that helps build trust. Yes. Yeah. And the more we take these leaps and we realize like, hey, I'm still alive. Mm -hmm. I still have shoes. Mm -hmm. I still have a couple options for clothes. Like yeah. I've got gas in the car. Everything's okay. 
and just noticing that um, every day that in and especially really reeling it right into the moment that mm-hmm. you're in it's like we can do scary things but if you continue to remind yourself that right now you're fine right like right now you're okay and more to your question I know I skipped off a little bit but trust I mean look where I'm at now like I had no decision in that like I had no I had effort I could put into it and I had you know my energy and everything I put into it but I, I, could, I didn't visualize none of this it was all put in front of me and and I was able to just grasp it and understand the value in it and so I just trust what's going to happen next as long as my heart is where it should be and as long as I'm I'm following my passion I, I trust what's going to happen next is going to be beautiful that's such a different approach to a lot of people who need the plan and they need the proof beforehand. Do you, mm-hmm. do you ever have that tendency or do you ever have people around you that are like, well, you got to start thinking about a year from now and yeah. two years from now. And how do you bring yourself back to this is I'm just letting the universe ride because a lot of people can't well, <laughs> can't correlate with that. You're right. Um, I you know, I always I'm learning now hard work always takes over whatever's in your way. And so um it's, you know, having trust in where I'm at today, knowing that I had no intentions on being vegan. So we, with the cafe, I, I mentioned to you guys uh, that the Red Hat, the company that we collaborate with uh, to get started with, they closed down two weeks ago. And so, you know, right away, it was like, oh, no, we just started this, you know, crazy marketing plan. We were definitely catching a lot of hype. And right during this moment, we got to pull the rug. And so I right there for, you know, for a moment, I was a little down. But the next moment I was like, hey, this is a beautiful thing. This is the universe telling us, hey, we need to think about our future now than think about it later. So I think it's more just understanding when to, to take control of the will and, and go in the direction that you want and follow your, your heart. And so now with that situation happening, I think we're going to look at, no, we already put in for a location downtown our own location where we could do it right. And at the same time, we, another door opened up where we may be able to operate in three places at one time. And so I think those obstacles, when they get in your way and, and things like that happen, people feel like they need a plan or don't have the right plan when actually the plan is there. You just got to decode where to go from there. And so, yeah, we do have a plan. We do have a goal to be, uh, you know, I, to be honest, I do have the goal to be the number one vegan destination in San Diego. And that's just me being, you know, competitive and coming from my basketball background. And so I do have that embedded in me, but I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know we're going to get there, you know? <laughs> you got to have that pie in the sky Correct. plan. Otherwise, if you're just like, well, I just want to open up one shop. Correct. You'll stay with one shop. Yeah. You're telling the universe, mm-hmm. oh, I got it. I got it. I'm good. I'm okay now. Like, I've got my one shop. Correct. The only thing that could be holding you back is like what other people will perceive of you. Mm-hmm. You put that out there. They may think you're ego-based. They may think you're you're well above where you're supposed mm-hmm. to be. And that's just resetting the norm. That's just, this is the way I'm going to do things. Yeah. And I don't really care. You're like, we're in our 40s, too. I don't really care at this point, like, how we get to where mm-hmm. we're, we're just, we just know that we're going to do something pretty amazing, pretty different. And you better get on board because it's going to change your Understood. life. And I've, I've worked extremely hard. And I think that gives me a little confidence. And where we're going, for example, we had our first outdoor event um, first Friday in Grossmont. Uh, so we, we flirted a few times and said, hey, we're ready. And every time I would say that, the head person from Vegan in San Diego would be like, Todd, are you sure you're ready? This is the biggest event in San Diego. You're going to get hit pretty hard. 
And so hearing that one time, like I, I feel like that pushes us to extra prep and work hard, 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 hard. So we had our first event. We were the only vendor that didn't sell out. We had the fastest uh, turnaround when people placed their orders. You know, instead of 45 minutes, our orders were coming out five to 10 minutes. And at the end, we, we both, we all looked at each other and we were like super proud of ourselves. And to not have any experience in the restaurant industry, none of us, it showed me that, hey, preparation, hard work, and passion is all you need. And so I, I feel confident in our next, next steps just because I know we're going to keep putting that same energy into it. I love that. Let's talk a little bit about the food because I've seen some of the food coming out and it just like that omelet that your mom loves, Ooh. that looks amazing. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the food and like the waffles yeah. and all that good stuff. So, you know, like again, the universe, I spent three years filming for free. In my mind, I thought it was for free, but I'm going through a full course, you know, a full course of seeing how everyone else operates. It's funny, like the first time- you're getting time, a free education. Yeah, free education from- top chefs from different cities, different countries. And, and so I remember doing our first meal and we're doing our first prep for, um, I think it was just a regular waffle or whatever. And we're plating, working on plating. And so we do the drizzle all cool and, and nice on there. And a bunch of people, were, where'd you learn how to do that? And I said, oh, okay. I, I, I didn't even know I knew how to do that, but it's from all those years of filming, you know? And so it's interesting how, like, you know, when you connect these things together, it all happens for you. So uh, we started off with, I'm not going to lie, I've seen this one company. I know right, right away, like downtown in particular, everyone says, I would not open anything downtown. Fast turnaround, high, you know, high risk. I don't see it that way. I just see everything that's downtown is the wrong concepts. And so um, I see this one concept that was very simple. And I think... Simple is the best way to go nowadays. And so we see this one concept, and I was like, all right, let's do that vegan-wise, but instead of what they're doing, let's do waffles. So we had this waffle bowl that we started with. So I went to investors with this waffle bowl, um, non-commercial waffle bowl, and we put, like, these salads and all this cool fresh chickpeas and all this cool stuff in there, and it looked gorgeous. We bring it to the investors. They're like, oh, this is good. This is awesome. And I was like, cool, we'll just use this as our foundation, the waffles, and we'll make a bunch of these different cool type of bowls. Um, didn't work out because we tried to get a commercial waffle bowl and found out it was going to cost $100,000 plus to get something like that made and patented and all that good stuff. And so uh, go back to the drawing board. We still want to do waffles. We want to find something unique. So we find this waffle dog, um, which we, you, you basically take a you know hot dog, vegan wa hot dog, and put it in this waffle and wrap it and you know sell these hot dogs on the sticks or waffle dogs on the sticks. And so that was kind of our foundation. And we was like, we'll just do a bunch of waffle stuff. So now we have these classic uh, sweet, uh, sweet waffles and savory waffles. We have waffle sandwiches. We have waffle tacos, waffle pizza. Like there's so much you could play on just with this concept. Um, and so that's how we kind of started the initial, you know, um, ideal of Spoiled Vegans Cafe. It was kind of built on those foundations. And um, it's amazing. Like our first event, we, we, we learned every time we did something. Our first event, we had some influencers come out. We do all this hard work. People enjoy the food. The next day I woke up and I was almost sick to my stomach when I saw the photos and I saw like the presentation. Next week we fixed it. And so that goes back to me doing those years of filming. I understand how much, how important it is to have the front end, which is presentation, 
good food and then good customer services. And so, you know, it's, it's just all carried over to what we're doing now. So now we're doing the omelets. We decided to do a full breakfast. Uh, I'm not trying to brag, but I know we probably have the best vegan bacon. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was my sin when before I was vegan that I would just terrorize bacon and, and cheese. And I, I hate even thinking about it. But we created a bacon that most people can have, but we do something in the process that changes it. And so, yeah, uh, we specialize in breakfast and, and our main thing is waffles, yeah. Gluten-free waffles at that. <laughs> Gluten-free, even better. Uh, I love the whole reps that you're doing because as an athlete, you just did all these video reps and yes. this, this educational reps doing this artwork with the the food and the videos and constantly doing it, but but not expecting anything from it. Yeah. You know, you're not getting paid from it. So do you ever see this that you're doing right now, like creating these pop-up shops as something even bigger down the oh, road? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I have family in Tennessee. I have family in Mississippi. I have family in Chicago. Um, it's what I learned from plant power. Um, so there's a plant power in Redlands and I went there one day and I filmed with the, with the owner for a little bit and he was telling me how, um, I don't know if there's too much information, but they didn't want them to open that location in that particular area because it didn't have a high demand that location opened up and right away outsold the other locations. And being here in East Village, downtown East Village, um, I heard the same thing. Don't do anything down there. How are you going to get people to come? Being the only vegan option, people will come. So many people will come. The seeds have been planted. We got Beyond Meat, Impossible Meat. People are just curious. If you're vegan or not, people are curious to try plant-based food. And so I would say, you know, our... 80%, almost maybe 75% of our customers have been non-vegan. And so my goal is to open up and replicate more spoiled vegans in areas that don't have a plant-based option um, because I think it's needed. Even if it's 1%, 3%, 1% to 3% of that area that's, that's plant-based, um, that business would be very successful because it's in an area where there's no other options. And so our future, I do see us replicating what we're doing and, and create more. What about that soul food that like brings the family together, especially if you're talking about down south, oh, yeah. like, you know, and really what you grew up mm -hmm. with that soul food. Do you have a do you have a sweet spot in your heart for that? Oh, yeah. We we just been, you know, figuring out like our kitchen space, but we make some of the best chicken and waffles with uh, macaroni and cheese. Uh, it is amazing. Our kitchen just does not allow us to to do that right now. But. We have done it at a few events, and so we do have some very familiar things. Uh, you know, down south, Waffle Houses are very popular, and so we do have, you know, some options like that that we will be able to present, you know, once we are able to operate on a higher scale. So let's say that standing on the mountaintop or the soapbox and just yelling, like, that that actually works, mm -hmm. what would be your message? <clears throat> well, um, I would say my big message is, like, don't be afraid. Like, you know, I've seen some young people bring in their families, their parents to Spoil Vegans Cafe. And you could tell the kids have this big smile on their face and the parents are just, you know, don't look too happy to be there. Um, and I, I've told a few already. It's like, oh, you know, they start complaining. What's all this mock meat? And, da, 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 da. and so uh, I said, hey, just try the food. Like, I don't ask for you to go plant based. I don't ask for you to 
change your life. All I'd say is just be open-minded and try the food. And then let's talk after. And so one, one lady actually shed a tear after trying one of the waffle dogs. And she just was like, I was so afraid to try plant-based food because I'm just so used to eating a certain way. And I feel like, you know, I couldn't do it. And she said, by trying this, I'm not going to tell you I'm going, I'm going to go vegan. But I feel like I could take a little bit more steps towards it. I actually enjoyed the food. And so my, our message would be, hey, just try the food. Give it a shot. Um, we look at our, our, our option as more like some days you want a salad. Some days you want, you know, pizza. Some days you want plants. And so I want us to be that type of option where people don't feel the pressure and more education opportunity for them to say, hey, I can try this food and it's still delicious. Honestly, I think sometimes better than, you know, the real deal. Yeah, for sure. So you're a pretty fit dude. And I, in even watching your first video where I think you were like maybe three months vegan, mm -hmm. like you're so much more fit. And then you do a follow-up one, which I think you just launched like maybe last month yes. or something. And you do this, um, I don't know, 10 foot box jump. And you can even see like when you're on the treadmill, you're just, you're stronger. Like yes. you're leaner, you're fit. Mm -hmm. Um, what is your favorite, like, what's, what's your go-to for, um, like, fueling the body for those types of workouts or recovering the body? Because the whey protein isn't an option anymore. Not an option. Not I an think option. a lot of us, after seeing the video, want to jump that high. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it was 25 feet, actually. I was like, dude, you got it. Because BJ was listening to it. I was like, no, you have to see this box jump. It's like... Hi. The videographer is awesome, man. Uh, and the trampoline was helpful too, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and playing basketball back in the day. You know, I had real bad knees three years ago. Real bad. Like, every time I stood up, you could hear, like, a popping in my knees. Both of my knees. My mom just had knee surgery three year, two years ago. She's going to have to have her other knee replaced. I don't know if it runs in our family, but I'm heading down that same path. Uh, when I went vegan, like, it went away. Like the popping in my knees. I haven't had no surgery. Like I used to have my knees used to be, you know, swelling all the time from playing basketball so many years. And so it just went away. Like that popping alone is enough for me to say, okay, I'm not eating meat no more. Like something was happening when I ate meat that was causing, you know, my body to still, you know, have these injuries. Now I don't have to work out as much as I used to, to be honest. I used to work out five, six days a week. I think I work out, you know, if I'm lucky, three days a week. More to me is more about just maintaining, you know, but it really just broke this mindset of like seeing my uncles, seeing, you know, other men that I that remind me of myself get to a certain age and then just lose it. No more working out. You know, this is life. I actually thought that was how life's supposed to go. You know, I, I stopped playing basketball. I get a career and then, hey, I just lose it and, you know, just focus on my kids or on my son. Now I feel like, no, it's not over yet. Like it, it keeps going. You know, that, that athletic side of me, that feeling good, that working out, you know, it just keeps going. And so veganism to me has really showed me that there's no end yet. You know, it, it keeps going. It keeps yeah. going. It opens up so much in your life. So um, do you pay like particular attention to like okay I just did this workout now I should have this or or you just kind of like when we interviewed um Brandon Williams yes. one dope vegan he's a monster I, oh my god he's he's amazing I can't work out with him he's too <laughs> oh my god the guy is like 
<laughs> I don't want to make him mad. Yeah. But he's so sweet that is, I don't is. think you could make him mad. Right. But when we ask him about eating, it's just like, oh, I just eat food. He does. I just eat food. So are you kind of the same way or do you have kind of your go-tos of what you like to do around your workouts? You know, um, the way I met him too is like uh, when, I worked, when I first went vegan, so I picked up the camera for the first time two months after I went vegan. And I picked it up because I got asked so many questions. I was like, I'll show you, you know, what what I eat and I'll show you what we have. And so that's how I met Brandon. Like I, I, I reached out to a lot of vegans in San Diego and I was like, hey, can I just meet up with you and interview you? And it was more interviewing them so I could learn. And then I was like, all right, now I'll share with everyone else. And so what I learned from him, what I learned from others is we're all different. And what works for him may not work for me. And just have to find out what you know actually works for me. Like Brandon can eat whatever he wants, but he works out ten times harder than I do, you know. And so um, I I I typically stick to pea protein. Um, I used to be pretty religious at first, and now it's just like, hey, whenever I can fit it in. Um, I actually fast a lot now, um, which is something I started about six seven months ago. Where I'll wake up this morning, you know, see I'm drinking the salty. You know, um, I had a ginger shot this morning and I'll drink a lot of water until I'm ready to eat maybe around one, two o'clock in the day or even sometimes later. And so that works for me, you know, and I just learned that by just, you know, playing with my body for the last three years. And so uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it, so especially with tofu, you know, um, everyone's like, oh, don't eat that. You're going to this is going to happen to you. And this, this, this. So I, <laughs> <it's> a, <laughs> Death by tofu. Yeah. And so um, I reached out to a few bodybuilders that have been vegan for like 10 years. This one guy, he told me, hey, I eat tofu every day, but I can't say that works for you. It works for me. And so that's when I started learning, okay, thank you, man. Thanks for sharing that. I need to figure out what works for me. But I know I could do it with plants. I know I don't need anything else, but what plants work for me? And I think that's um, – I. I a great message for people. Well, of course, you got to find out what works for you, but also that we're all so willing to share like, yes. hey, this is what works for us. Mm -hmm. Like BJ9, we know what works for us. We're not attached to it. So if something better works, we'll do that. But we're always playing with stuff. So reaching out to bodybuilding is reaching out to you, reaching out to Brandon, like, you know, and gathering that information. Right. Like, as far as I know, everybody has been so open about like nobody's hoarding any secrets here. Mm -hmm. You know, and you if you want to find out if working if if eating tofu every day works for you, then eat tofu yeah. every day uh, and see if it works for you. That's, you got to be willing to take these risks. Yes. And they're they're pretty they're pretty low risk situation you know you're talking about high vibrational plant food yeah how do people follow you how do they uh well um you can always follow me at turn up vegan uh turn up like the vegetable vegan um you can also find me running spoil vegans cafe page which is just spoil vegans but yeah if you type in turn up vegan or spoil spoil vegans you'll find all of our platforms um yeah i'm in san diego uh looking to expand our cafe to other cities in the near future but pretty easy to find me if you ever want to hit me up for any questions or you know talk to me about you know how you feel i'm always down for that awesome thank you so much todd this thank is you great. for having me thank yeah. you for having me thank really you really grateful yes.